Welcome to Reinventing the Wheel, a Wheeler Brand podcast of the Wheeler Brand. Uh, Moxie's here. Mm-hmm. Getting my uh, glass of water going so I can sound like me for the whole pod. Yeah, this is the eighty. This is not eighty for Brady podcast. That's 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 eventually. This is a catch-up podcast uh, and talking about Cocaine Bear that Moxie watched. It's we'll get to it, but um, I will tell you, uh, it is it is a movie you should watch. The voice of Miss Frizzle is in eighty. Is is one of the ladies in eighty for Brady? Wow, this is this movie is an anomaly. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's been a, it's been a little bit. We didn't have a Christmas podcast for capitalism reasons. Yeah, Fred Meyer canceled Christmas. Take it up with them. Yeah, uh, what were we even going to? Oh, yeah, uh, the the Christmas movies that are like about the two sisters who go to each other's towns now and experience it. Yeah, you you were getting like the the light Sonic the Hedgehog path, and I was supposed to get like the dark Shadow the Hedgehog path. I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the I I'll just go over it. The understanding of it is the one I watched was the one of the chef sister who went went to the big city and had a kid and all that, uh, experiencing home life, enjoying it, getting used to it, uh, and saving the their family theater that's ran in their family for years from being sold. It was one of those. I also had one of the, the, like the hometown guy that she falls in love with and they, they are together now. <laughs> the classic. The formula every Hallmark film follows. Yeah. I think yours was going to be about the other the sister that from the hometown that goes to the town, goes to the big city Helps run the restaurant, basically make sure it functions while the sister, the other sister, is gone, and then she ends up liking it and being the manager full time and living in the big city now instead of in a small town. I see. The the thing, okay, the movie tries to connect it between like calls between the two sisters and like. I've, I've mentioned this in something else. I don't remember where. Probably in like a random chat. But like, they call each other randomly and they mention what's going on with them, what's happening, like three times throughout the movie, and it it almost feels like artistic, but it's not. Yeah, I feel like if it's gonna air on the Hallmark Channel, it's kind of like it loses its art status. Yeah, it it wants to. Do like a what am I thinking of? Par- parallel storytelling, I guess. But it's not smart enough for that. Yeah, I don't know what tells the two cities is, but I'm gonna say it's like that. It's like War and Peace. Sure. It's, it's exactly like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know books. Uh, these are these are both American classics, just like this movie. Oh yeah, of course, of course. So uh, what's what's going on with you besides capitalism? Um, I've actually been bouncing between some video games. I got the RPG itch. I've been playing, uh, God, I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda because I'm the only person on Earth that doesn't hate it. I've been playing Dragon Age because uh, I love it. And um, I just recently booted up Greedfall, which is weirdly, like, colonial, but also, like, acknowledges immediately that 
the colonizers live in a shithole, so it's kind of nuanced. I kind of love it. Reedfall, uh, unfortunately, has one of those names that uh, that the best friends would describe as like from an automatic generator. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Um, although I kind of like it, I kind of feel like it's extremely on the nose. Like, hey, look, the the greedy English are making landfall. <laughs> Um, but so far it's really fun. It's uh, you're familiar with Dark Souls, yeah. You know parrying is hard. Yeah. What if parrying was fucking super easy and rewarding? That's Greedfall. You. you oh, okay. It, someone comes at you, you flash your parry, and then you punish the fuck out of them, and it feels great. That's hmm. the combat's super good. Yeah. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I just really been on an RPG kick, um, and I saw Cocaine Bear, which, uh, man, it's, wow. <laughs> we don't have to dive right in, but it is on my mind. Yeah, I'll, we'll get to it. Uh, do you want, do you want to have a quick uh, bad things corner? <laughs> it sounds like you have some bad things to put on the table. What are they? No, no, no. Just like in general, it has happening like the like the wizard game. <laughs> yeah, um, the dark the Dark Souls of Harry Potter. So here's the thing: I'm officially on uh, estradiol now, along with spironolactone, which means I'm transing my gender chemically hardcore. Which means I'm no longer a human being to Joanne Rowling. I am instead a duplicitous man-beast that's going to, I don't know, go into the women's room and just start eating people. People, um, people, are, people need those women's room. They're used, they need to use them. They need to wash their damn you're hands. You're so taking it away. <laughs> Who's not washing their hands? I work with the public. Everyone's not washing their hands. Okay, that's, Terrific. That's, that's fair. Um... So yeah, Joanne Rowling and I think Warner Brothers and uh, Portkey Games, which is I guess a studio that named themselves after the teleporting mechanic from Harry Potter 4, um, they got together and they said, we're going to make a game about circle strafing, but your character isn't going to be based on uh, John St. John's voice. So um, instead of Duke Nukem with wands, we got... Uh, any third-person shooter from between now and, I guess, 2009, but with red particle effects instead of bullets. It's not a (laughs) third-person shooter. It's a Dark Souls. It's... I assume you have a dodge roll, but if you look at the camera position and what you're doing, you're shooting from third-person. I haven't... I literally haven't looked at gameplay besides the clip I saw when it released... Because I don't, I don't care. No, I really don't. But everything, everything I saw here about is like feels like the like. I don't want to say The Witcher because I don't know. I don't know. I don't know video games. I got to say this. I don't play video games. I do play video games. I haven't played a video game in years. A as, real, a, real as a person with a spicy flavor blasted gender profile, um. I am forced to encounter this news on a daily basis, whether I like it or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some of that is probably is from me. <laughs> I, uh, no, you know what? Your Twitter has been a breath of, breath of fresh air because I'm like considering watching the golf anime myself. It's, really, it's honestly really good. It's uh, <laughs> uh, one of my mutuals are, uh, described it as. Described the screenshots of I was posting as girl yow. 
Girl, wait, girl, Yao? Yes. Yao from... Yaoi. Yaoi, sorry. Oh, Excuse girl, me. Yaoi. Yeah, this is essentially girl, Yaoi. It's not Yuri, it's too... <laughs> it's too sporty for that. Uh, uh, and, yeah. yeah it's, I'm just to loop back to a good thing. The, girl, the golf anime is honestly pretty good. I'm only, like, four episodes in, but, like, it's way better than I expected it to be. Yeah, you've got an embarrassing crush on Viper. No, Vipere. Vipere? I don't it's, know how it's... It's Viper it's, with an E at the end. It's Viper. Yule cowards don't even smoke golf. Okay, I'm going to put this in to... Uh, let's see. Vipere. It's French. Oh, it's Vipel. Oh, it's Vipel. Le Vapel. Vipere. 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 The Vipper. Chip the Vipper. <laughs> Chip the Vipper. Okay, we we got it. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. I don't think she's going to show up again. I think she was just there for that. As Earth's only fan of Pangia Fantasy Golf for the PSP, I think golf and anime is a really good combo. Yeah, it's it's debate. It's the thing is that it's hard to do shonen nonsense in golf. That's the challenge, right? And I think that's that's where the quality comes from. Yeah. The gimmick for this one is the main the blonde bane girl. Her golf is very direct and strength oriented. So she goes straight shot to the hole, basically. She loves hole. <laughs> uh, she like there's a L curve basically, a field that's an L curve, and there's a force in the middle between the hole and the start point. Mm-hmm. So she sends it through the force. Is it like ricocheting off of trees and shit, or is it trying to it, go over? No, it goes through. It doesn't ricochet. It just goes through. Damn, she's a, clean. She's a, it doesn't go all the way through the first time. But the second time she's on that course, it goes all the way through because she hit the branch and broke it. That was in the way. Nothing on this earth is going to keep her from that hole. <laughs> also, there's a lot of talk about underground golf here. What is underground golf? Uh, ele- golf. It's illegal, and I, I don't know. That's what I mean, v- that's what v- v- Perry is, a underground golfer. Oh, I, bet, I, bet, I want to see these same characters fight their way through a putt-putt course so bad. That should be the beach episode. <laughs> I th- I think the next episode is a VR golf episode. VR golf. I don't just know. like uh, just like the the mean boss in the mask was playing when he broke that guy's nose. You remember? Oh, <laughs> I need to watch the mask again <laughs> recently. It's a good movie. Oh, okay. I let me see. Let me go through my media thread to see what I've have experienced recently. The good thing about a media thread, it, it helps you keep up. The bad thing is that it makes you think, oh, I should probably watch something sometime soon. That, did we? Oh, it's been forever. I forgot Velma happened. Oh, God. A show so bad they renewed it for a second season. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah. I I still haven't watched past the first two episodes where Shaggy gets uh, NTR'd, if you will. No, not even. It's worse than that, because he wasn't even had a chance. My understanding of the show is that it's literally just an exercise in provocative hate-watching. 
they're making Kinda. other money off of people being like, oh god, what's next? Like, I don't To like be that. fair, I haven't seen anybody talk about anything past the first two episodes. Yeah. That's because it doesn't exist. It's all static past that point. Uh, there's the bad dog anime that oh, I'm not, I don't, it's, it's, it's bad anyways. Not even on my radar. It's good. Well, it's one of, like, my type of anime, unfortunately. Not my type of anime, but you know what I mean. I'm sure I don't. You know what I mean. Your type of anime is in Food Wars style, your type of anime? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Food Wars, is, hey, food, food Wars is good normally. It just yeah. also has bouncing all the time. Let me let me find a Food Wars gif. No, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you don't need to incriminate me like this. Wow, I think they cleaned out uh, Discord gifts pretty good. The most provocative one I could find was this. I think she's enjoying chicken. Uh oh, there's a there's eh. I mean, like this one is pretty bad. Oh, yeah. That's when she busts the stroganoff nut, right? Like, she had food so good that it just killed her? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> that's okay. I enjoyed Keijo. I'm, uh, that's... Mm, like, I still haven't watched Keijo because it feels like a bit like high, like too highbrow in a bit, in a way, for <laughs> that. highbrow? Look at that gift! <laughs> it's... It's an actual anime. That's the thing. It doesn't yeah. look... <laughs> I, I have have to have a level, and it's that's too high. I don't think it's too high. There, there's a scene where a bunch of portals full of asses open up. Yes, that's it. Like, that's not a Like thousand knives attack. But okay, the dog anime. A guy gets turned so many dog. His crush picks him up. Uh, she she's very weird about dogs because her. This is all plot that doesn't get revealed for a while but her other dog passed away forever ago and she's very self-isolated and all that blah 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 and yeah it's not a good anime it doesn't sound good the the thing is okay later on it gets a plot an actual plot but it takes forever to get there and the anime itself is a short anime like 10 minute episodes uh-huh. But they do nothing in those ten minutes. Like it gets like goes chapter by chapter, not like faster than that than they what they should be going. <laughs> so it's it's not even going to hit the plot by the time it hits episode twelve, which I'm guessing it ends on. I don't think it's for me. <laughs> it's it's not. It's not for anyone. <laughs> the plot. Okay, I'll the plot is he. Got transformed to a dog by some scientists at school mm-hmm. for just some for just some random reason. So he and now he can turn back and forth, not at will, but like through whatever circumstances. Does he have to like clinch really hard, or uh, I think I think I don't remember exactly, but I think it has something to do with bodily fluids. I hate that. And I think the how he got turned back is like a like passion like like passion and bottom fluid like actual emotion around it as also it doesn't matter as much but anyway he now he's trying to get her to get the main girl to open up while also balancing being a dog and being himself and having to get back to dog mode so she doesn't think the dog abandoned her or whatever. 
so he can never meet her dog, which is going to make the relationship difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the fun, p- uh, not a fun part. Uh, <laughs> so she basically recruits him to help her understand the dog more because she's because in him on his first day back in human mode did a lot of dog things so she thinks oh he must really know about dogs mm. well yeah. i'm sold uh there's also milf manor i don't think i like milf manor which is a shame because i'm like a milf enthusiast you can watch episode one. I do think you should watch episode one if you're like really wanting some trash. Uh, I will keep that in mind for when that mood strikes me. It's the some the cast the the milfs are are are, are milfs. They're they're attractive ladies. Uh, the twist is uh, is was like painted on the wall and it. It makes it funnier, but also way worse. I see. Uh, you you do know the twist, right? Uh, one of them, or maybe multiple of them, are the contestants' actual moms. Yes, they all are. The all, oh, the, all, no! all the moms, all the milfs, all of the bachelors, all of those guys are the sons of the milfs. I, I really don't. Uh... I think I would find that pretty difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I like I said, episode one, where like half the episode is just the Mills walking in and then they have like a reveal and they're like, oh, that's my mom. Why, why is she doing here? <laughs> it's, you don't really need more. It makes me wish that um, Griffin McElroy and his spouse would bring back their old podcast. Um, which was about The Bachelor. Oh. Because <laughs> I think I would like, I think I'd, I'd get a kick out of those two covering uh, Milf Manor. I think that's the right context for it to come back. Let me see. Did I have a, I think I have a small thread. I mean, I think I, my own main takeaway was like the Italian lady, like not really feeling herself between like these like kind, not to, not to sound misogynist, but like more fake-ish looking people looking women. I What? <laughs> it, yeah, it's very, uh, not plastic surgery, but like, you know, that, uh, oh yeah, I forgot that the, like the first line is one of the myths saying they have a, is it too much to say I have a very high libido? Should I just say a high libido? That's like one of the first things one of the myths say, say. Um, well, that is and, a good tone setter. Uh, uh, oh, and the first one being a lady saying, oh, I'm in my 50s, and her being 59. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I did that when I was 29. I'm going to be doing that when I'm 59. I get it. <sighs> I mean, she ain't lying. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot the... Mm, I forgot that a lot of the challenges for like dates and whatnot are very intentionally like that. I see. Like that. I, that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying it's like that. <laughs> you know, at this point, I've learned to take your word for it when something's like that. Uh, I forgot the phrase "day one strokes" was being was said in this. 
day one strokes? Yes. As in uh, day one uh, fornication. <laughs> well, she did say she had a very high libido. No, that wasn't even that one. That was a different one. This was a different one. Oh, I see. Uh, there's the one myth that's like very easy, very clearly trying to be the main character a bit. And like, like it's kind of working. Uh, there's also a feet guy. Oh, great. <laughs> I think he also was the one that was in the grinder ad I posted before. Oh, no, I remember that. It was very fun. Uh, yeah, I. it's peak trash TV. Uh, yeah. God, someone get Griffin on the line. It's time to bring it back. Uh, I watched an anime that was borderline hentai again. Great. It. I. I really thought it was just going to be like a generic, like oh harem anime, but no. The like ninety percent of the anime is him being domestic with uh one girl, and the rest is in like the last two episodes is every other member of the harem just appearing. Just so we can get a quick, quick montage. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying more about this. Except I saw like anime back shots happening. <laughs> it, it's it was get more and more explicit over time. And, and, and like the most, the closest, like the most explicit anime oral I've ever seen. I probably. <laughs> it was a lot like all of the traits you would say like oh yeah like make it like 100% clear what's happening without like showing it like like it, without crossing the line <laughs> I've like, asked you before why you watch this I'm... I didn't think this was going to be this one this was going to be like this I saw like I, I saw like okay of course it's going to have like like stuff happening but like it's not going to crawl go too far. It kind of went a bit far. I watched the whole thing, but like still, <laughs> I watched the whole thing, but still should be like on your business card. This was, I will say, this was surprisingly watchable because like the like the like is- isekai like lazy world stuff is like just kind of just like not bad. It's like it's generic, but it's like watchable, and then like. The rest is like, like I want to say like, mm, like a portion of like every other episode is like extreme, like it's going in. Ah, uh, you got me at a loss for words here, bud. I, uh, I don't think you're watching anime anymore. I think we need big quotation marks around it. Okay, this one is kind of quotation marks. I will say. I did not think it was when I started it. I just thought, <laughs> oh, this is just a generic looking bad anime. But no, it's like I'll post a poster for it. Like I this is what it was. You watched the anime equivalent of that like multi million dollar pirate themed pornography that came out like ten years oh, ago. Pirates. Yeah, that's <laughs> you essentially watched the anime take on pirates where it's high budget, everything looks good, it's it's almost so good it's not porn, but at the end of the day, it's porn. <laughs> sure, sure. I, okay, fun fact about that movie. I saw a poster for it at a, like a, at a flea market mm-hmm. like a few years ago. You should have bought it. I No. <laughs> yeah. Who else has that? You should have bought it and then given it to me. I'd have hung it up. 
Yeah, but like, okay, this anime is 99% about the girl on the left with the dog ears. She's like a dog girl, whatever. That sucks. Uh, and the like, the last like two episodes introduces the like pink, the purple girl there. Uh-huh. And then like the last three minutes introduces the other three girls. That sucks ass because the <laughs> yeah. redhead has the most uh, the most of the genre design, I would say. Oh, yeah, I think she's like a dragon, like a dragon kin, whatever. Uh, sure, sure it's... she is. <laughs> She's like tall and whatnot, you know. Well, you'd have to be tall with those proportions. <laughs> but yeah, like it's ninety-nine percent of it is like ninety percent of it is like domestic isekai stuff. Uh-huh. And then the rest is like, yeah, that. I see. Well, I'm not I'm saying I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it exists. <laughs> I don't know. It kind of feels like I'm being given the hard sell. Hey, I'm saying I gave it a, I gave it a five out of ten. <laughs> you take that as you will. Well, okay. Uh, I watched a bad Yu-Gi-Oh fan film. I thought you had a podcast about that with other people who saw I it. I did. I okay. just it just went up. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, I watched the. Okay, this one was actually. This was a, a recommendation of of Morg Morgan of of the of the Discord. I'm familiar. She recommended me that anime where a guy gets turned into a girl and then got turned back into a guy and his friend uh 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 the the I'm still uh, to fuck him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I watched that. That of all of them, that one at least seemed like the most emotionally honest. It I guess. <laughs> If you want to set call of that, it it, it, was, it was what it says on the tin. Another pornographic anime you enjoyed? It it I wouldn't call it. Uh, mm, mm, this it's different. <laughs> this is different. This is just that. This is not. There's no line here. <laughs> I, I gotta respect that. This is this this is, is not. This is not getting going on like. Uh, this is not on a record of animes. This is different. <laughs> I almost didn't put it in my thread, but like I had a funny image to put there. So, <laughs> also, uh, oh yeah, let me post it here for you to see. Yeah, I yeah. know that's that's why more even recommended it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also watched Cube Twoot 2021. Was that one good? It's another. It's Cube. It's kind of a remake. Uh huh. But obviously, like, different, and, like, it has, like, the J-drama flair to it. I see. Well, it's, what? I watched it, I literally watched it uh, while I had the original Cube on my TV, and it it's similar, but, like, different. It's weird. I watched a good movie, not Cocaine Bear yet. Um, I finally saw Buckaroo Banzai. Have you heard of this? No, I have not. Uh, this came out in, um, God, when was it? 1980, I want to say, four? Yeah. Um, the full title is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Um, sounds, not, like a, sounds like a Pluto Dash ripoff. Uh, mm, <laughs> let me walk you through the plot real quick, because it's nuts. Um, 
They've created a device that allows you to pass through solid matter. <laughs> I, I, I'm just looking at the synopsis real quick. Yeah. A physicist, a neurosurgeon, test pilot, and rock star. Yeah, with the Hong Kong Cavaliers, his band. He's half Japanese, you know. Um, the, the movie follows their, uh, their adventure to stop a race war between aliens. Um, because they uh, they um, basically drove a car through their territory uh, while uh, trying to pass through solid matter. Um, and uh, the youngest John Lithgow I've ever seen in my life plays the Italian alien bad guy. Um, and uh, it's... It's really good, is the thing. Everything I'm saying to you sounds idiotic. Yes. But when you put it all in a row for, like, I don't know, 93 minutes straight or whatever, you just kind of you drop out of your mind and into the space the movie creates and just accept it all, and it's excellent. It's amazing. Okay, I'm, I'm looked up Cl- Cl- Nash Buckaroo Banzai, and I found a review that says it was trying to do, it failed to do what Buckaroo Banzai did. Yeah, I believe it. I remember Pluto Nash probably coming out when I was a kid. Um, I always wanted to see it, uh, and apparently it was not good. It, it's it's like a star. It's it's one of the. It's like hmm, I don't want to say. It feels like if Spaceballs did not have uh, uh, the guy running it that did that guy. Oh no! Like a like a spaceballs without Mel Brooks at the helm to make it yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> that's, that's a tragedy. Um, Wikipedia says it's notable for being one of the biggest box office bombs. <laughs> I believe yeah. it. It's, it has jokes. It has it has humor, but like, eh. No, I, I love and believe in the comedic talent of Eddie Murphy. I remember watching, uh, God, I watched Def Comedy Jam at an age way too young to appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I don't think he could have done this movie by himself. Uh, and clearly he couldn't. Uh, let's see. Who was, who was the staff? Uh, written by Ron Underwood, the guy that did Tremors. So, no, not a good sign. Uh, written by Neil Cuth- Cuthbert. Cuthbert. I had a list there. He did Hocus Pocus and Mystery Men. Okay, two movies I actually like. Mystery Men more than the other. I love Mystery Men. Produced by the the Scarface and Carlitos Way producer. This is a bad combo of dudes. Like they all had the like a totally different intention with this movie, didn't they? The cinematographer. Was Oliver Wood, who did Dark Hard 2, Face Off, Freaky Friday, and Talladega Nights. What the hell? That's fine. What, what happened here? This could have been like a like a, a B minus movie that made a few million and instead it just shit the bed. Oh, at one point Harrison Ford was considered to do the film. <laughs> like Pluto Nash, wow. I can't believe how much potential apparently. Oh, okay. Just I, see, I see the problem now. Yeah. Different writers were hired to revise the script over a period of several months, but Eddie Murphy kept rejecting the script. 
Murphy asked for a straight script, like one that we've written for Sylvester Stallone or Harrison Ford, and said that he would bring the comedy. <laughs> that's, that's a very bold stance, and I kind of like, I can understand Eddie Murphy's mindset in wanting that, but it's the wrong choice for a funny movie. What what other movies has he done with like was doing before and after this like immediately? This is back when he was doing like a Nutty Professor, right? One of his bangers. Okay, before this was Showtime with him and Robert De Niro, a buddy cop movie that I have never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> after this was I Spy with Owen Wilson. I've heard of that. I, I don't... have heard of I Spy. Uh, after that was Dottie. Before that. Before Showtime was Dark Deluder 2 and Shrek, and then Nutty Professor. After I saw it was Daddy Daycare, The Hunting Mansion, and Shrek 2. Okay. This is like his peak. This is like his like modern peak. Not like I can't believe that this movie <laughs> kind of like at the height of his power, Eddie Murphy was like consumed by hubris and tanked his own movie. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well. There's, uh, another, there's a new Beverly Hills Cop. I'm sorry. Oh, so it's on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix. That's I will not, not be Netflix. seeing it. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that I've been sharing the same Netflix account for roughly 15 years, um, I would have canceled Netflix already. <laughs> I I haven't used... I, I No, I'm not, I'm, I haven't used Netflix forever. I used to stream from Netflix every night to watch Star Trek because the engine sound puts my ass to sleep. It's like hypnotic. Um, now I'm kind of just maintaining it because it would be wrong of me to just cancel Netflix if someone else is using it, especially someone who I've been sharing it with for over a decade. <laughs> it's, you know, it's one of those things like, oh, you paid for it for the first eight years, and now I got to take us to at least year 16 for us to be even. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Dilbert, the Dilbert thing happened, uh, just, just, yes, just like yesterday. (laughs) God, the Dilbert thing did happen. That, that, that's the reason, that's, that's a current event, like current event. Yeah, he's been pulled from all newspapers everywhere that aren't like Breitbart on paper. That's like, that's, that's insane. You gotta imagine, like you spend your whole career saying racist shit. And then finally you say, perhaps the most racist thing a human can, and that's what gets you. Like, he climbed all the way to the peak <sighs> of Mount Racism and fell off. Like, like, uh, like Tekken style. Yeah. <laughs> Who dropped him? Into the racist volcano. Yeah. <sighs> uh, the, I, I think the funniest response to this I saw was the Elon thing. Where he was just like in quotes, where he's like, "Hmm, interesting." What happened? I'm Elon Musk. <laughs> like that, that response to everything is like the funniest thing because, like, he know he is not. He doesn't know us. He doesn't know anything that's happening right now. He put it's it's such a tactic, right? Because you you act like you don't know what's going on on the website you own, where it trends the news in front of you, whether you like it or not, and you wait for the response. And then you act like you're thinking and say the most conservative possible thing as the end of your thought process. That's Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah. 
And then they have the, like the meme, the meme stealing of every everything. I he did that years ago. He's still doing that every day, but he did that years ago. Uh, yeah, it just it's getting worse because the memes are getting worse. I don't understand what he laughs at on an individual basis. It, none of it makes sense to me. What do you not get? Do you not understand the this meme? Oh no, this meme right here. What meme right where? Oh no, I. It's hilarious. As a watcher of those kinds of videos, I, I just, this is a MySpace era meme. I used to post this kind of thing when MySpace was real. I'm not posting the mouse one because it's it's bad. The mouse one? I uh mm, okay. I gotta post it now since you since you asked. I haven't seen it, it's so. Bad. We'll get my live reaction here on air. It's bad. It's... Oh, boy. A spoiler... Oh, boy. Oh, come on! Oh, God! It's like... Yeah. It's just wordplay plus you want to fuck men. <laughs> this was... Let me see. This was, yeah, this was in the past few days. Like... You know, the last time I saw Lee post that shotgun gif was when I made fun of his car crash incident by saying he slammed his penis in the car door. Uh, what, what, where were we? Where were we? Uh, we were talking about Elon Musk posting memes. Yeah, he needs to, he needs to stop. Yeah, he does. Uh, I think I don't know. Was it you that said? I don't know. It wasn't you? It was someone else saying like he has too much time? Yeah. I mean, this is a guy who thought that Grimes was a figment of his imagination because he's such a brain genius. He invented a woman. Like. <laughs> And then she divorced him. I mean, um, they weren't. To be fair, they were not married. Come on, be, he he got he got. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fear, 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 figuratively divorced. He got he got dumped so hard that it became a divorce to the public. <laughs> like he got he got two kids out of it. If he he may not have had to give her any like alimony, but he did immediately lose over forty billion dollars. Yeah, because he bought Twitter, so it he has to have something better to do. He has to. He needs to go hang out with Notch and help meet all them M and M's. Hang out with Kanye. Notch, Kanye, and Elon Musk under one roof. Wait, wait. what's the? <laughs> let me see. Uh, let me see the meme image I can find. I, it's not a, like. Hmm. <laughs> uh, let's hear this. I yeah, <laughs> the squad. <sighs> I don't want to talk about Donald Trump. I was browsing the SCP wiki last night, and somewhere in the what? Fight, <laughs> what you know them? No, but why is why are they talking about him there? <laughs> they made an SCP out of him. It's like in the five or six thousand series, and I got like two paragraphs in, and oh. I was like, this sucks ass. Yeah, it looked like a like a Cheeto. Uh, yeah, uh, haha, funny Cheeto. He, you know, was an awful, awful man. Um, Deregulating uh, safety measures. Ha-ha. Yeah. Now, in the SCP entry, he was apparently, if I remember right, some kind of informational sink where, like, true things would be introduced to him and become false. This is sounding like, like how Harry Potter fans talk. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Like, I love the SCP series. That shit's fucking cool. 
And then I come up on one of these, and I'm like, thank God there are 8,000 of these so that they can suck sometimes, and it doesn't ruin the whole thing. If Trump was in the wizarding world, he'd be... What if Voldemort was orange? (laughs) We gotta gotta, gotta evolve past this. You know what would help us in evolving past this? What if dozens of uh, dozens of duffel bags full of cocaine were dropped from an airplane between Knoxville, Tennessee, and the Chattahoochee National Park in Georgia okay, in 1985? I'm listening. I'm going to get solemn for a second and say that Cocaine Bear is the best movie of its type since Kung Pao. Okay, I was going to ask what's, what was the type. It, it is a foolish movie with a straightforward premise that delivers endlessly on that promise for its entire runtime. Hmm. It is genuinely funny. The gore is genuinely entertaining. There are a ton of characters, and I want to make this distinction immediately. Wheeler, you know how you watch a typical horror movie and the characters are infuriatingly stupid? Yeah. They're, they're stupid because they're born to die, right? That's their whole role. Yeah, yeah. The distinction in Cocaine Bear is that all the characters are interestingly written alive people that are not born to die, and they become confronted with the Cocaine Bear and make interesting decisions based on that. Hmm. And that, that is so different from your typical slasher horror movie. Um, it's also... It's based on a true story in that it's based on an actual event in the 80s where cocaine was airdropped and a bear ate a brick of it and died. And the director said, well, what if the bear had lived? And this movie happened. It's so good. Um, There are, I believe, five different small factions of people that all converge on Chattahoochee for different reasons. And their lives end up overlapping and intersecting um, all because of the cocaine bear. Um, it's, it's, it, it's the one force that can bring us all together. <laughs> um, I, I don't really think I have the stomach for a full plot synopsis because I feel so strongly that people should actually hit the theaters and go see Cocaine Bear. I mean, it's, um, it's on the tin. The bear it has cocaine. I, I can tell you, if you've seen the, uh, the guy on Twitter who's a comedian with a mustache, Scott Sice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's... Um, the angry Ikea guy, for people who are not fully initiated, he plays a paramedic in this movie, and... Wait, what? He's in the movie? Yeah! He plays a paramedic, he's and he's really he's... good. Okay, he's, so he's actually promoting the movie, not just making a funny joke. Yeah, it's good, and also he's in it. Um, he plays a paramedic, and I will say this. Most of the movie is a movie. And by that I mean it's, you know, it's a B-plus film that you go to laugh at, which we haven't had since, like, 2002. Right? Yeah. But the scene with the ambulance involving Scott Sice and two other actors is, in fact, cinema. It is so impressive and scary and interesting and there are so many moving parts it 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 elevates the entire film it it brings up the average on the curve like it's what takes the movie from a b plus to an a plus for me it's that good Hmm. but uh let's try 
why don't you ask me some questions and I can dig into the film instead of giving a plot synopsis? Okay, does the bear do cocaine? Lots. In fact, at one time it doesn't even snort it, it just eats an entire brick. I feel like that's how the bear would ingest cocaine. Yeah. Um, I will say, uh, at one point it gets a true blue 80s style snort off of a dismembered leg. Uh, from someone who had fallen into cocaine. Uh, who, who would you say had the best performance? Um, the bear. there's a mom character who's a nurse. Um, and I, I've, I'm fairly confident I could give it to her, but actually her, her performance is actually elevated by reactions to the kid she's with the entire time. This movie has two child actors. They're the best I've ever seen in my life because they're allowed to swear constantly. <laughs> I'm not kidding. If you let a kid say fuck and act like a kid and give them a Georgian accent and let them brag about how they've done cocaine before, um, it kicks ass, actually. It's the most authentic these are children acting like children I've ever seen. And so I got to give it to the little kid who uh, meets up with the mom while she's trying to find her daughter and spends the entire movie, like, kind of complaining, but in a really, really funny way. Mm. Uh, that kid kicks ass. Um, he, he, he says he's had cocaine before out on the streets. Um, and then uh, he, uh, he, uh, the girl asks, how much do you do? How do you do it? And he's like, you take your pocket knife. And you scoop up about a tablespoon <laughs> and you eat it. <laughs> so each of the kids has um, a heaping helping of Coke. They did spit most of it out, but they, they did. The, the kids did get a lot of Coke in them. <laughs> um, this movie is not afraid to do just about anything and it kicks ass. Also, it was Ray Liotta's last film. Um, oh, oh, I I, I feel like I've heard about his last film like five times now. He did like... a lot of movies, I think, there <laughs> at the end, but he was very active in this movie. He stumped around holding a sniper rifle, and he was like a real piece of shit, and he was like eating up the roll. He had those big amber 1970s glasses because he was playing an old. Um, he kicked ass as a villain because um, the bear, uh, much like Jason Voorhees, you kind of end up rooting for him, but instead of because the characters are stupid, it's because the characters are awful. <laughs> and I think that's a fun distinction is the bear is a, uh, it kind of represents justice. Sometimes it's, it's yeah. an arbitrary, it's an arbitrary force of nature that will occasionally punish someone who needs punishing. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, uh see, uh, Looking at the Twitch, the Twitch top games right now, just for topics. <laughs> Sons of the Forest is currently the big new one. I don't know what that is. You know the forest? I know of many forests. <laughs> okay, it's okay. If I remember right, it's a game where like basically you're part of a plane crash and you have to survive this weird forest area thing. That's from what I remember. This is a sequel to that, I think, probably. I see. Um, so Stumble! Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just thinking aloud, like, so it's, um, it's a game about surviving a plane crash? No, about surviving on, like, wilderness and, like, 
creepy people attacking you, and I guess. Ah. Uh, if I wanted to see that, I'd watch Tucker and Dale again. Uh, I was going to say Stumble Guys is a big game right now, but this is only on 80, has 80k viewers right now. St- uh, Stumble Guys? Like Fall Guys, but they don't fall as much? It's uh, some type of Fall Guys, but it's mostly because of the one big, really big streamer streaming it. So it's just, uh, it like has 80k viewers. <clears throat> I see. I don't go on Twitch anymore because everyone's like a CGI anime person that is also probably racist. Um, oh yeah, we didn't talk about the the other part of the Harry Potter stuff. Oh god. Of like the let me play the, my game. I just I just oh, like the series. Not I'm a crying anime girl with my titties out, and you're bullying <laughs> okay. me. The problem with that that was like a week late. That was I was too late. You should have should have got hopped on it when like a sign was posting about it. You're, you're you're too late to the party now. I think I hate Hassan. Yeah, that's yeah, same. I don't even watch his content. I mostly learn about him through your reactions to him on Twitter. I... <laughs> The thing is, he's not bad when he's talking about straight politics. Like, oh, this these guys' policies are bad. These guys' policies are good. Like that, he's fine with that. When it comes to like deeper stuff that requires more analysis and like actual understanding of anything, that's when he's like has zero depth at all. To <laughs> like uh, the thing that I posted that he posted recently about the trad wife. Like the vine or the concept? The what? Huh? Oh, I meant to say TikTok, but I'm over 30. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not a bit. I call them all vines. My wife can confirm. No, girls do that. It doesn't help that I do that too. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, so Hassan was talking about the trad wife vine. Yes. How did uh, that go? He basically says, oh, people don't realize this is just a fetish now. Not 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 understanding that it's also like people spreading like right wing ideology and values. <laughs> they it's a sexual expression of conservatism. Exactly. Like <laughs> it's both. It can be two things. I didn't complete college, and I can still make that analysis off the cuff because holy shit, it's so obvious. What? How is Hassan fucking this up? He's got more money and education than me. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't mean much, apparently. I guess not. <laughs> <sighs> it's just like the Harry Potter thing, where like the thing, the, thing, the funny thing about Harry Potter thing, everybody was saying like, oh, these mean-spirited people doesn't don't want me paying the game, like, not understanding who they're calling mean-spirited people, who they're calling, like, they're, they're doing the, like, the, oh, Twitter is responding like this. So what? They're doing that without <sighs> understanding that, who are you talking about exactly. That is a straw man where each Twitter user is an individual straw. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's turning into a, a scarecrow. Yeah, I I don't think that's a safe like conversational or debate tactic where you use Twitter as like a singular entity because 
Twitter is an aggregate, and here's the thing. People think I'm smart. I post maybe once a week. The people who aren't smart post once an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not getting into the, the other the other postings, because I, I feel like <laughs> I want to be kind of respectful of the of the details around that. Yeah. Like, not really, yeah. Like, yeah we're, we're feels... not, here on Wheeler, the podcast, we're not out to kill anybody. Yeah, yeah. We're not some type of cocaine bear. Maybe you're not. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you that people were walking out in the parking lot talking about how cool the cocaine bear was. <laughs> people seem to love that behavior, actually. I had something in my mind. In my mind. I lost it thanks to the cocaine bear. Uh, What was it? Uh, Hogwarts, was it? Okay. Twitter. Oh, yeah. It's not to get into actual talking, but like it's funny how we are really kind of circling back to like the like uh, anti SWJ type talking points now. Yeah, social justice warriors. Like, oh, like, <laughs> like, oh, I like, oh yeah, I stand up for this, but I'm not like those SWJs. I'm not like a, those SWJs over there. I'm, but like, I do think. I am progressive. I'm not like those SWJs. I, because I'm an old person, I've come to describe myself as a lefty Lou, uh, which makes me sound like a fruity old grandma. But uh, I do think that makes me separate from a lot of the current performative leftism happening on Twitter. If we're critiquing that, yeah, yeah. I bought a good shirt, though. You want to see it? <laughs> Please. Uh, it arrived in the mail. I'm wearing it to work tomorrow. <laughs> Check out that print, dog. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's going to be a big shot. <laughs> it's it's not to bring up the mask again, but putting it on does feel like that early scene where he's too horny to function, and he's like, oh, it's it's a power tie. It's supposed to make you feel powerful. And Cameron Diaz, with her titties out, is like, do you feel powerful, Mr. Ipkiss? And he, you know, creams his jeans. <laughs> watch The Mask and then watch Cocaine Bear. They're the same movie, essentially. <laughs> Cocaine is just a mask we put on. Like Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, uh, probably have something else. Uh... Oh, yeah, I bought those Transformer cards. They're just sitting here now. Ooh, I do love the Transformers. Let me see, who, who do I got here? You get, like, one character card per pack, and then, like, the rest is, like, actual do-stuff cards, I guess. Oh. I got, I like, a... Is the one character supposed to do all the stuff? Is it, like, Commander and Magic the Gathering? It's sort of. I think you can have multiple characters, but it's, like, I don't know. I would play this just to have, like, a sound wave deck. This sounds cool. I have uh, Barrage, Ransack, Chromia. Chromia rules. Got Inferno, Optimus. Boo. Flame War. Flame War rules! I have a picture of her on my computer. <laughs> um, I made it a meme that I used sparingly. Um, where the hell did I put it? Ah, oh, who cares? I got Ramjet. Good name. Uh, Skywarp. 
I know Skywarp. And insect Insecticon Scrapnel. Insecticon, did you say Scrapnel? Scrapnel. Okay. This is specifically Insecticon, insecticon one. Okay, yeah, because they got turned into bugs at some point. Oh, got one more. Uh, Sergeant Cup. Sergeant Cup? <laughs> Sergeant Cup. Oh, no. That, oh, no. One more. I think oh, one. Cup with a K. I know him. I think it's oh. Coop. Oh, okay. And I got Jetfire. Yeah, everyone knows Jetfire. He's a big boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm not. Uh, uh, these. Yeah, let's have them now. The, the E card has, like, the one side, the normal mode, robot mode, one side, the vehicle mode. Ooh, do you, like, flip it to transform it in the game? Yeah. That's cool! Good job, Transformers! I would play this! We should play this! Hmm. I gotta get Soundwave. That's my boy. I have, like, five of them here in Castle Grayskull. Let me see. Let me see what Soundwave does, the Soundwave card. Transformers, TCG, Soundwave. Oh, it has major Soundwave, too. Let's see. Blaster versus Soundwave? That's a $50 card. That's 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 unfortunate. Blaster's cool. I have a Blaster. It's just the Autobot version of Soundwave, but he's made he's based on a different stereo. Oh, they have Frenzy. They have a Frenzy card. Major Leader Specialist. Untap each of your spy patrols. Now when they say tap, are they using the exact same terminology as Magic the Gathering? I don't know. I, I'm glad to learn this game. I half read rules. This is a wizard. This is a wizard product. So. Oh, okay. Well, that ex- they, it probably does mean the same thing then, because Wizards of the Coast recently had a uh, a um, a um, a crossover with uh, Magic the Gathering going the other way. Yeah. Uh oh. Do you know what other crossovers Wizards of the Coast is planning like for this year? I'm assuming My Little Pony. No. Power uh, Rangers. Uh, Universes Beyond. Let's see. Oh, playing oh, no. back. <laughs> uh, Universes Beyond. Let's see, upcoming ones. Two twenty-three. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. Doctor Who. Boo. Final Fantasy. That's twenty twenty-four. I I wonder which version it's going to be based on. And Assassin's Creed. Well, nobody's paid attention to Assassin's Creed in 10 years, so maybe it's time. Sure, sure. My my father-in-law worked on the Assassin's Creed game for the PSP. Oh, yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Two degrees of separation, baby. (laughs) 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 Uh, Let's see. what, 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 What else we got? Um, I've been getting really into weird stuff. <laughs> oh, oh, please. <clears throat> um, so I'm, I don't believe in shit. Like it's, I'm, it takes a lot to convince me, right? Uh, you know, when it, when it comes to Mothman and, uh, you know, Gerblins and stuff like that, I'm just like, yeah, man, nah, probably. Um, but... Let me tell you a really interesting story about a guy named Joe McMonagle who worked for the CIA in the 70s. Now, we would be no remote viewing it. Remote viewing? Yeah. I'm unsure. So, you know what clairvoyance is, and remote viewing is a double-blind scientific test of clairvoyance, essentially, 
where your prompt is in an envelope that isn't opened and you're just given coordinates without context and told to essentially put your mind there, right? Um, hmm. And then it's confirmed after the fact by opening the envelope. Uh, now, this is all from the CIA vault website, like the actual .gov, okay? Hmm. So I'm, <laughs> that, that's my primary source. Um, in the 70s, they set an envelope on the table and said, Joe, go to these coordinates. And he had no reason to believe that it wasn't like, I don't know, a back alley in New York or, you know, the, the dumpster behind a Waffle House. But he said everything looks orange and uh, and kind of omber. And there's, you know, there's some weird like pyramidal shapes and I'm in a big gorge. And he kept giving details like this. And he mm. talked about encountering uh, like uh, entities that were really tall and big and there was a sense of uh sort of resigned mourning to them as they said like their their world was essentially ending and they'd all like you know they'd sent off an advanced party to try and do something but they themselves had no chance of leaving the planet so they were just gonna go somewhere a shelter to die because the planet was eaten up by big storms now all of this sounds fantastical and all this sounds ridiculous because you know remote viewing isn't real essentially hmm. um <laughs> But they opened the envelope after, and it said, The planet Mars, 1 million BC. Hmm. And, and then they took the coordinates that he was prompted with and ran them across a map of Mars that they got from, like, Voyager data and stuff back in the 70s. And they said, like, hey, that's weird. He said he was in a gorge at these coordinates, and there's a gorge at these coordinates. And that was so weird and was based on so much like spooky CIA like shit that I was like, huh, I don't think there's anything to this, but I do think it's interesting. And that's kind of where I'm at is I'm getting really into this interesting stuff because it doesn't really change my life, whether or not it exists. But I had a moment where I was, we, me, and, me and Anna were driving somewhere, and I was essentially white-knuckling my phone, thinking about how there was, like, a tile of roof missing and letting water into the garden center at work. Hmm. And I was like, if this is all I think about, is the, if this is what my whole day is, if this is why I'm mad, I did not turn out to be the person I intended to be. I have to get weirder. And so, because I had just read that story, I, I started getting into the weird stuff. And now, you know, this was something I was into as a kid, and I dropped because it made me a weirdo. And now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to be a weirdo again. So, if you ever need information on the weirdo stuff, uh, I'm going to be the person who has it, probably. <laughs> hmm. Convenient. You know, I, <laughs> I don't think your pod is going to go in the direction of esoterics anytime soon, but if it does... <laughs> I, I know where. I don't to even know what that. I don't even know what that word means. Uh, it means weird stuff. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a very smart person. I just I just don't like it. I don't like being it. <laughs> like I said, the 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 smartest person in the room posts the least. <laughs> I post too much. That's your limiter. If you stopped posting, you would start thinking. Yeah. Uh, I had that had something. Had some thought. What was it? I'm doing. I'm doing the Brady's thing now of looking around and thinking, <laughs> trying to figure out what 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 am I thinking about? I just realized I still haven't opened up that McElroy's podcast book. I read that one. It's okay. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I how was Barnes and Noble? I, I, someone, someone bought off my wish list. I think. Oh, I, I forget who. I, they have little blurbs in the book where their their faces printed with some personal advice. Now I feel like I say this every every time <laughs> the McElroys are brought up, but you can just skip the Travis ones. <laughs> I think that's... Yeah. I, I, you can keep going. I, I have a follow-up question. No, please. Go ahead with your question. I just... Oh, yeah. I think he cheapens the experience. Yeah, I was going to say, how how was the, the video essay on graduation? Oh, my God! It was awesome! Um, it, it was really emotional at the end, because the reason the guy made it is because he developed a kind of cancer, and he... Like, he... Oh. So he was going through his cancer treatments, and the Adventure Zone was something you look forward to because it was funny and it was light and it oh. was you know, and it became graduation. <laughs> oh. And so he had a lot of powerful emotions about graduation and a lot of like really incisive commentary. He called out every character because Fitzroy doesn't make sense. Uh, Clint was okay, honestly. Clint always rules. <laughs> Yeah. Um. And uh, honestly, Justin hated the game so much that he wasn't trying to do a lot with Druid, and I can vouch for that because our local resident Wedge played a Druid in my last campaign, and that shit was crazy. He was like a he was like a Swiss Army knife. Uh, yeah, I feel like Justin is the player that spoke that it depends on how he feels the most. Yeah, when he was playing um, uh, Amber Gree in Either Sea. Um, she was a complex character that was not strictly good, and she got a weird, scary ending, and he seemed to relish it, because he played the hell out of her. And, and uh, Amnesty. He, he, did, he did perfect with that character. Oh, Duck Newton kicked ass. It's, I, yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's criticisms to be made of every single one of them, but, uh... I will say a good performance is a good performance and I've seen him be good and I've seen him be trash. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do wonder. Hmm. Graduation is when I wonder like, what is, is this threat? It does Travis take more away as a player or more away as a DM as a DM. And I'll tell you why based on that video. Cause I didn't listen to all the graduation, but now I know the plot. Um, so you know how there was a fun school concept of like, hey, learn to be a hero or villain by being a sidekick, right? Yeah, yeah, Harry Potter. We never meet the heroes or villains that they're sidekicking for. Never. Isn't wasn't I hmm I would think the idea was be they would be the sidekicks to the heroes that are training there. You would think, but that doesn't stick. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll tell you how bad it gets, because you've watched a lot of anime. Tell me if you've heard this one before. The true big bads of the world end up being the forces of chaos and order. Yeah, and they're named chaos and order. Or like They something. are. Yeah. And they, aren't they like the opposites? Because like, they're, ah. Yeah, they, they're essentially, yeah, they cancel each other out. It's, it's real contrived, real basic, real yawn at it bullshit. Um, it, it doesn't represent anything. Yeah, like it's not bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's cookie cutter. Do you know what the best villain in any iteration of the Adventure Zone is? Who? Richard Poor. You remember Richard Poor from Commitment? 
I didn't. I did. I don't think I did. I don't think I watched. I listened to Commitment. So Commitment has some messy character choices. Obviously, Justin got on Twitter and said, "I want oh, yeah. to." I want to talk I, to some Inuit people so I can learn how to play Cardala right, but still, Cardala was weird. Um, <clears throat> but Richard Poor, based on Poor Richard's Almanac, uh, the book I think Ben Franklin churned out, or it was churned out around his era, uh, was a direct descendant to the King of England at the time of American colonialism, and his whole motivation as a character was to become the King of America. And that was really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you need actual motivations for your villains. He wants something that he feels like he deserves and can prove that he's entitled to, but if he gets it, it's bad! Yeah, I think Travis' idea of villains was, like, something for the players to combat, not something something to exist independently of the players. That's, uh... That's a lesson I've had to learn. I feel like budding DMs grow into that. My my previous, you know, the season I'm about to wrap up in our server, uh, the Chainmaker's been fought twice and had his ass beat into the ground twice. Um, he's the main big, big, big bad, um, and uh, every time we fight him directly, I'm, like, sitting behind the DM screen going, oh, I have to avoid one-hit KOing people so they can learn a lesson and tell a good story instead of being turned into paste. Um, but if you're throwing your characters into the classic D&D goblin grinder where XP is flying out of everyone like Borderlands items, that's... that's not good radio. That's where I'm at. Hmm. <sighs> one day I just want to... One day just podcast, read through the, the NPC list. Here's the embarrassing thing. I think Travis voiced over 80 NPCs. In the first season of my D&D and your server, I voiced over 60. Yeah. But they were they were vectors for me to tell jokes. I wasn't yeah. asking my players to care about them. I feel like Travis was very much trying to... It's not a bad thing to build a world as you go, but very much not... He didn't have intentions for the world. Yeah, he... he this is a thing, and I'll tell you this, as a writer, world building is a trap. Hmm. You can become so satisfied with building a world that you completely neglect to build a narrative. I've done it, and I've ruined my own work with it. It's World building is fun, but you need to wait to be prompted before you build it. A character will ask, like, how the fuck did you do that? And you have an opportunity to talk about how they did it. Don't do it before. It's poison. It'll hurt you. Yeah, and that's like, one thing Travis was proud to excess about about how much planning he did and how hard he worked. Yeah, that's the one thing I really remember, like him talking about how much planning he's doing, he was doing, and yeah. I'm no Brendan Lee Mulligan, never will be. That guy's got a passion that I can't live up to because I'm not from New York. Um, <laughs> man, his line about stepping into a puddle and not being sure he's the same person coming out of it, it it's all oh, it hit me. That's amazing. Um, but Travis has a lot to learn, and he has an elevated peer group. Like, he has no excuse. Like, I'm about to name some people I like and some people I don't like, but he has spent time with Brendan Lee Mulligan, with uh, Matt Mercer, with uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, this is his peer group. He can just email these people and get advice. And he didn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Griffin. Griffin. <laughs> Griffin McElroy. Dustin McElroy. Clint McElroy. God, Clint is the one you should be asking advice of because Clint is like a comic head and he's been a comic head for like 50 years. So he's seen all sorts of storylines and it could sound like he's spinning it off the dome. He probably read it in like the 1952 issue of Spider-Man. It doesn't matter if it's derivative after half a century. <laughs> yeah, everything. Nothing's original. Yeah, you're using a tool you have at that point to make something new. And I think that's, you know, Clint is a huge wealth of that. A lot of his character stuff is based on something he thought was cool 30 to 50 years ago. Mm. Experience I'm, I'm, accounts for a lot. Yeah, I'm taking notes here. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, let's see, when, when, let me let me double check when eighty for Brady should be out, so I, we can we can can do some do some. Uh... <laughs> We're gonna we should do something we never do. Okay, we should watch it together at the same time. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we should get someone to host it over Cosme, and we'll have our notes and our live reaction. And we can compare insights once it's over. <laughs> Going to go to Paramount Plus. Oh. Uh, 30 to 40, so early to mid-March. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Wait, so 80, F, 80, 80 for Brady is coming out in March? Uh, it came out second of this month. And going to streaming probably like early to mid-March. I see. Man, we missed an opportunity to do a uh, pod about Groundhog Day on the second. I love that movie. Some of Bill Murray's finest work. Didn't he do a remake of that recently? No. I don't think about it. Groundhog Day 2023. Groundhog Day. Uh, I feel like I feel like I heard something about the movie recently, like a something. Uh, three and a half stars. Amazon Prime exclusive. Uh, oh, it's called Palm Springs, and it stars Andy Samberg. Okay, I would think. I think I'll actually think of the video game. Mm, like father, were... like son. Oh, I'd never heard that. <coughs> Hi, Benson. It was a 2019 video game, a VR game. I remember hearing about this, and like, that's it. Uh. How have I never seen... Well, I'm not keyed into video games like I used to be. It's a VR game, so like... Oh, I'm super not keyed into VR. <laughs> VR games always look a little stupid to me, because you can, like, pet dogs and stuff, so the player is always flapping around a disembodied hand. Yeah. I, I, they're making VR 2. What does VR 2 imply? Is it smell vision No, it's the same VR, just better, I guess. Mm. I, well, we'll see if that fixes the hand thing. It do, it won't. <laughs> yeah, let me get one through last quick scroll through my feed. See if I got anything important. I've, I've played a lot. Of, well, not a lot. I've been playing a good amount of Marvel Snap. It's it's a fun game. Isn't that a gotcha game? No, it's a not really. Really. Yeah, I know. The all the microtransactions are for like not really important stuff. I'm genuinely surprised to hear that. Yeah, it's mostly just a card game. Well, that's interesting. I and thought you were getting ripped off again. 
<laughs> and it's by the Hearthstone main dev. Okay. Used to be ben Brode. Well, I, I before the dark times were upon us, I really enjoyed uh, Hearthstone. So I'm glad to see he's still getting work because he made a good game. Yeah, I did install Hearthstone recently on my phone, and I, I, it's too much. It's, it's unrecognizable. It's too, don't I can't. This is why I only play games that are like several years old. Like I, I, I got uh, Shadows of Mordor on a deal, and that game infamously had like the most predatory microtransactions of all time. Uh, I bought it years later after the services shut down and got everything for free. Perfect. It cost me $11 for both games and no price for the DLC. It was all free. Um, so if you're like me and you don't want to spend money, just wait for the game to die. <laughs> then you can get it for free. Yeah. I'm still waiting on Wildstar to become free. Uh, the, the guys in the Wildstar server are still working on it. Uh, oh, It'll be I back can, one day. I can talk about gotchas here. Uh, I played the, the, the butt one. <laughs> Yeah, you one. have been playing the butt one. It's it's there. It's oh, it's a shooter, I guess. You're into that fucking tan lady with the cheetah print butt. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, this, I don't know yeah. her name. Her name's like Spicy Peppers or something. Rupee? Oh no. What? Wasn't their whole team named after, like, I don't know, vegetables or something? No, they're named after money. Oh, right. Rupee. That's the one. <laughs> let me let me post her real quick. I hate that the main image is the one with the panty shot. Yeah, well, you know how it is. Like, you, this is like a, this is like a one frame you see, and it passes you by in game. She looks a little stoned. Yeah, but I I play the game some for the Chainsaw Man collab. Yeah, I I got Makima, I got Power, and I'm I'm done. I'm good. You kept saying Wobblers. Yeah, Wobblers. I don't like that one. I never liked yeah. Wilkers, but Wobblers is pretty close to worse. <laughs> Let me find the when I said it. Uh, let's see, Nik Nikay Nikay. Yeah, here's where I said it. Why I said it. Because the wobblers are there. This is just a woman in a suit with an eye patch. Yeah, that's Chainsaw Man. Those are over-animated. She's not wearing a bra. That's why I I said wobblers. (laughs) (sighs) It's the closest term that fits. Uh, Yeah. Gotchas. Don't play them, kids. Don't play them. I played Cookie Run for like four months, and it was too much. By the time I left, they were collaborating with Disney and BTS. Oh, you didn't get your BTS uh, Cookie Run? No, I didn't. I don't like or want BTS. What? What? Haven't you heard the hit song, Butter? I thought that it stood for boys that sing. Yeah, they sing. <laughs> uh, what? Huh? I. It doesn't? I don't know. I'm not, I can't I'm not. be expected to know any of this. Just pay $50 and get the BTS tower. No! Get all the Funko Pops. I think they sold that at my Fred Meyer once. <laughs> and I was like, what are these cunts doing here? This is so big. There's no reason to be like that. 
There's no space. No one has space for this. Well, Wheeler, anything on your mind before we bring this podcast to a close? Because we've been talking mm-hmm. almost two hours. I think, yeah, I think, I think we're good now. I think we've covered the important topics. Had a good catch up. We're, re- we're waiting for 80 for Brady. Ready to see Guy Fieri and Gronk do their thing. God. Guy Fieri is... Let me, let me, let me go through the full cast real quick. Uh-huh. I don't think... Is Tom even in this? <laughs> if not, that'd be very funny. <laughs> oh, man, I hope not. Uh, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, Rita Moreno, Sally Field, Tom Brady, Billy Porter. Do I know that name? Uh, black actor, very stylish. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Rob Codroy, the bald guy, comedy guy. Rob Cordry, he used to be on uh, The Daily Show. Yeah, that guy. I, I don't know who Alex Moffat is. Harry Hamlin? I hear that name sometimes. I couldn't put a face to Bob, it. Bob, Bob Balaban? <laughs> nope. Uh, Glenn Turman from The Wire. Wow. Sarah Gilbert? What? Is that someone I should know? Uh, from Roseanne. Darlene. Oh my god. I do know that person. Uh, Ron Funches. Sally Kirkland. Pat Nawald. Uh, oh. yeah. This is, this is a cast. <laughs> well, I hope that Cocaine Bear shows up. Oh, okay, got an A, A minus, uh, cinema score. You're 53, kidding. 53 out of 100 on Metacritic. <laughs> uh, 63 on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow, Cocaine Bear is trending higher than that. I mean, of course it is. I mean, yeah, it's art. You don't have to deal with Tom Brady in that. Tom Brady is in this. That's true. He's never eaten strawberry. Yeah, that's why he retired right before this movie came out. (laughs) Again. You think it'll stick this time? Uh, He can't divorce anyone this time, so probably. I don't know. Never count out Touchdown Tom. (laughs) Never count out Touchdown Tom. Uh, This has been Reinvented a Wheel. I'm Wheeler. I'm Moxie. Out.